from the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hi there, I'm Graham VK4 Double B, VK4 Baker Baker with the WIA National News for week commencing April 15 in the good year 2012. Now, in this news, there is lots and lots of URLs and frequencies that we don't actually give in the audio edition. Let's face it, if you're driving along or even if you're listening, you'd have to be uh, a pretty uh, smart and fast writer to uh, write them all down. So what we've always said is go to wia.org.au and read the text edition of this news broadcast. But of course, in the audio, you'll hear the voices that are making the news. All this up and coming in this edition of news, and a very special edition with lots of Titanic news. Radio in your inbox. VK1WIA. Now podcasting to the world. Mayday, one angata. At around 0930 hours on the 9th of April, a Mayday call was made on 7090 kHz by Victor Kilo 3 Mike Alpha Charlie, who was in the Valley region in the highlands of Victoria. A person in his camping party had a seizure and was in a very bad way medically. VK3MAC with operator Adam made his way up to a hill in a four-wheel drive with HF fitted and put the Mayday call out. Jack, VK3AJK, was the first to respond and took control of the frequency and the situation. He ascertained the location, situation, etc. and contacted emergency services. VK3AJK then became the relay person between the emergency services and the camping party as the precise GPS coordinates were given out and this was a very specific medical condition. The decision was therefore made that a medivac would occur with a rescue chopper. Shortly after, he called back to say the helicopter with a medical team had landed and thanked Jack for his assistance. It was asked several times with the same reply that there was no mobile phone service in the area. We certainly hope the patient has a speedy recovery and full points to Jack and Adam who worked calmly during this event and also to the Tone Man Tony VK7VKT who gave us the heads up on it. Oceana DX Group activates Vanuatu. The Oceana DX Group will be active on all HF bands from Vanuatu from the 21st of April until May 5. A group of six VK operators will be operating three stations with special focus on the WARC bands as well as 160 and 80 metres. Operation on the lower bands will depend on conditions, but the team expects to have 160 metres operating through their local sunrise and sunset. The team will also make a special effort to keep one station active on digital mode, so listen out for... YJ0VK. Closer to home, Friday, April 20, four Victorian amateurs will head towards the most southern point on mainland Australia. South Point is a rocky outcrop located at the southern end of the Wilson's Promontory National Park and is accessible only on foot. Peter, 3ZPF, Wayne, 3WAM, Kevin, VK3KAB and Trevor, VK3ATB will be running QRP on Saturday the 21st of April on 80, 40, 20, 15 and 10 metres using CW and SSB and that is all day Saturday from 0000. Contacts from South Point or with the team on their return trip can be used toward the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award sponsored by Amateur Radio Victoria. Project Horace High Altitude Balloon Launch 
the Project Horus High Altitude Balloon Group, based in Adelaide, is planning a balloon launch today, Sunday, April 15. It's planned to be in the air around 10 to 11 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time. This will be an amateur radio-orientated balloon launch with three payloads of interest to amateurs intended to coincide with the WIA field day. The launch designation is Horus 23. The group is planning on flying the FM voice repeater. This will operate with a 70SEM uplink and a 2-metre downlink. Uplink, 438.9 with a CTCSS tone of 123 and downlink, 144.65 with a CTCSS tone again of 123 Hz. Based on previous flights, it should be possible to access the repeater from up to 800 kilometres away at Apogee. The expected call sign of an APRS which will fly on the flight is VK5ARG. You should be able to see that on 145.175. If you'd like to find out more about Project Horus, then read the text edition on wia.org.au. WIA News it is, and TARC does the WIA National Field Day this weekend, and checking the WIA website at the time this dispatch was released, just the following people or groups had registered to participate this the third year. Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club, Port Macquarie Town Green, Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club, the Shire Office Reserve, Rosebud, Waverley Amateur Radio Society, Outside Bondi Beach Pavilion, Midland Amateur Radio Club, Prince of Wales Showground in Bendigo, Eastern and Mountain District Radio Club, the J-Car Electronics Store at Springvale, also at J-Car Electronics Frankston West, Weiss and Victoria, the Mornington Peninsula Group, Arana Region Amateur Radio Club, Elston Park, Dubbo, and in Alice Springs, the Alice Springs Amateur Radio Club from Flynn Church Lawns, and again from J-Car, we have Reist, and that's the J-Car at Derwent Park. And of course, Tark, the Townsville Amateur Radio Club, they're operating at the front door of J-Car Electronics Townsville in the Ingham Road West End, Saturday from around 7.30am. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide, it is relayed on 6 metres on 53.1 MHz AM at 0900 hours Central Standard Time. I'm Ben, VK5, Bravo Bravo. Greetings everyone. The first time you may be hearing this broadcast is while you are participating in the WIA National Field Day. This event is aimed at promoting our hobby and the diversity of interests amateur radio encompasses. Everyone who has been involved in promotional events of any kind will have retained a mental record of how successful or unsuccessful the activity has been and the reasons for the outcome. The promotion of amateur radio is no different and from your or your club's experience you will know what has been most successful in your community. The Easter period is past and many radio amateurs will have visited friends and families or travelled to a holiday destination where there was an opportunity to operate our station in a portable role. Reflect on how we operated and how it would be viewed by a passerby. Was our operation covert or overt? That is, did we project a go away, don't disturb me aura or one which conveyed I'm enjoying this and I'm happy to welcome you and answer your questions. Unfortunately, it is too easy for us to project the former and lose the opportunity to foster interest in our hobby by those intrigued by what we are doing and enjoying, 
but apprehensive about asking. By changing our attitude to be more overt and engaging about our hobby, we can carry the message of the WIA National Field Day throughout the year to those non-amateurs who did not have the opportunity to pass or visit a WIA National Field Day station. Thank you to all those individuals, groups and clubs participating in the WIA National Field Day activities. This has been you on VK4ERM for the WIA board asking, who have you introduced to amateur radio today? What use is an F-call? Recently, I heard an F-call ask on air about the performance of their HF antenna. It reminded me that in order for any learning to occur, there needs to be two elements that come together. While it's simple to ask questions among your friends, it takes a leap of faith to ask a stranger. So one of the elements you need is a leap of faith. I have a problem and I wonder if anyone might be able to help. For this leap of faith to pay off, you also need to gain access to the knowledge required to solve your problem. It can come in many guises, from read the manual through I've done that and I solved it like this, to let me come over and give you a hand. The second element that is needed is generosity. The interesting part for me is how the discussion opens up many possibilities when experienced people enter the conversation. It's one thing to acknowledge the original leap, but two inexperienced people talking to each other about a problem when neither of them have more than a rudimentary understanding is less than satisfying, both for the two people and for any listeners on frequency. I'm glad to say that in this particular case, some personal skill and knowledge was added to the discussion by some experienced hams, but I've also heard discussions where the blind were leading the blind. While it's possible that a question is asked by a novice, F-call, and answered by an experienced, advanced call, that is not always the case. In fact, to me, it seems, more often than not, the level of license bears little relation to a person's level of experience. Amateur radio is like an oral history, made of storytellers and listeners. If you don't tell your stories, pretty soon you'll run out of listeners, and the history dies. So no matter your place, taking a leap of faith or providing generosity, remember that in order for the hobby to endure, we need to keep talking. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima Alpha Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, AR Victoria and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Five-year-old passes foundation exam. The Humber Fortress DX Amateur Radio Club in the UK is proud to announce and congratulate its youngest new member, Kaylee Huntley, on passing her foundation exam at age five years. While Kaylee may well be the youngest to have passed her foundation test in the UK, Samuel Lewis, KB9RYP, and Sarah Bruno, KB9SEG, were just four years old when they got their amateur radio licences in 1998. And even though Kay Lee holds a licence to operate alone, this will not happen.
Kaylee's only access to radio is via her granddad Andy, G7LRR, or at the radio club under supervision and very closely monitored. Kaylee has been involved in radio for over three years now, having been allowed to say hello on her granddad's radio to radio friends all over the world. No square kilometre array SKA site decision. We will have to wait till at least mid-May before it may be decided whether South Africa or Australia will be the country to host the SKA. Members of the SKA organisation met in Amsterdam on the 4th of April for their first general meeting. They noted the SKA Site Selection Advisory Committee's report and associated commentary that had been passed to them by the SKA's Organisations Board, which met last month in the UK. The members wish to move ahead with the site selection process and recognise that it is desirable to maintain an inclusive approach to the SKA. They noted it is important to maximise the value from the investment made by both candidate regions. A small scientific working group was set up to explore potential implementation options that would achieve this. The working group will report back in mid-May. Electronic Heritage Museum gets all GE video. From Amateur Radio Newsline, a story about the work of a museum doing all it can to preserve some of electronics past. Here's Jeff Clark, K8JAC. The Schenectady Museum is using the YouTube.com website to rebroadcast more than a thousand of its General Electric films, which date back to 1915. According to the museum curator, Chris Hunter, the archive was previously available only on 16mm film and was viewed infrequently because of its physical condition and the cumbersome process to watch films using an optical projector. Hunter said that the museum had long wanted to digitize this collection in order to preserve it, but until recently it had been cost prohibitive to do so. Now, thanks to grants from the Institute for Museum and Library Services and the Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers Life Members Foundation, the museum was able to purchase a high-definition film transfer unit and hire an operator for it. Among the film artifacts now existing in the digital domain are advertisements, raw footage of equipment tests, company picnics, and promotional clips. Also transferred is the early famed television series titled The General Electric Theater. It was hosted by former President Ronald Reagan. The museum hopes to finish uploading all of its film transferred videos to YouTube during the next year. It'll then begin digitizing its 1,200 videotape-based archives. A direct link to what's already been uploaded and available for viewing is at tinyurl.com slash ge on YouTube. Again, that URL to screen all of those historic General Electric films is tinyurl.com slash ge-on-youtube. Canada has been issuing experimental licenses for the 60-meter band. Regulator Industry Canada issued the first such developmental license April 2nd to Russ Hemphill, VE3FI, to use the call sign VX9GHD at 5 MHz. Canadian radio amateurs have been waiting three years for an opportunity to join the USA, Britain, and other nations in making use of the 60-meter spectrum. Radio Netherlands is in the news again with word that the international broadcaster will terminate Dutch language transmissions worldwide May the 11th. 
And to say farewell to Dutch-speaking listeners around the world, the station plans to hold a 24-hour marathon broadcast from 2000 UTC on May 10th until 2000 UTC May 11th. Frequencies and a listing of program content should be posted soon to the Radio Netherlands Dutch language website. GI 2012 MGY. That's the special event station located in Belfast from on board the SS Nomadic, Titanic's little sister. To mark the centenary of the sinking of the Titanic, the city of Belfast Radio Amateur Society will be QRV on most HF bands CW and SSB from on board the Nomadic from April 12 through till April 18. The SS Nomadic is the only remaining historic link to the Titanic left afloat and she is also the last surviving White Star Line vessel in the world. Like Titanic herself, she was built at the shipyards of Harland and Wolfe in Belfast and served as a tender to the Olympic and Titanic. She is currently undergoing restoration work in the docks where she was built, adjacent to the new Titanic Belfast Visitor Centre. International interest in all things MGY is reaching extraordinary levels and the extremely rare GI 2012 prefix is sure to add extra interest from WPX hunters. The City of Belfast Radio Amateur Society members look forward to working many EI and indeed stations throughout the world during the week of activity from on board this unique ship. Further information and QSL details can be found under GI2012MGY at QRZ.com. For the Wireless Institute of Australia, I'm Aidan, Echo India 7, Julia Charlie. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In New South Wales, it can be heard on various frequencies from 160 metres to 23 centimetres. From VK2WI, Dural, at 10am every Sunday. I'm Eric, VK2VE. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Special events and on-air contest column, Dateline 2012. Worldwide Fist Titanic Sprint, April 15. VK ZL AMCW on Anzac Day, April 25. VKZL Trans Tasman Contest 80 Metres Phone, May 12. VK Shires Contest June 9 and 10. ZL NZART Memorial Contest July 1st Full Weekend. VKZL Trans Tasman Contest 80 plus 160 Metres July 21. VK Remembrance Day Contest August 11 and 12. Worldwide International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend August 18 and 19. Special event stations DX and Beacon and Net Advice. W1AW claims 5B DXCC. Nearly four decades after the introduction of the 5B and DXCC award, W1AW, the Hiram Percy Maxim Memorial Station, has achieved this milestone. 
As with most stations, we found that 80 metres was our stumbling block. W1AW station manager Joe Garcia, NJ1Q, explained. W1AW's 5B DXCC plaque will hang in a place of honour at the station. Prior to achieving 5B DXCC, W1AW held DXCC on 40 through 10 metres for many years, but was always searching for the last few remaining entities on 80. Now that W1AW has 5B DXCC, we are gunning for DXCC on a roll, Garcia said. Like with 5B DXCC, there are just a few more entities to go before W1AW can claim that award. To commemorate the 100th anniversary of the Titanic disaster, the Marconi Radio Club of Newfoundland will be transmitting a special bulletin near 500kHz, the distress frequency used by the radio officers of the Titanic, to send their CQD call to Cape Race, Newfoundland. Please listen on 507.77kHz CW for VX9 MRC between 0001 and 0400 hours UTC on 15 April. Further information, please see the MRCN webpage by searching for VO1MRC on the internet. North Cork Radio Group on the air for Marconi Weekend. The North Cork Radio Group will be activating Misson Head Visitor Centre for Marconi Weekend. The call sign EI0IMD will be on the air from the 20th of April to the 22nd of April inclusive. Marconi Day is on the 21st of April this year. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham. This is Julian Sortland, currently MW slash VK2YJS in northwest Wales. The other day I went to Carnarvon, where Marconi had a number of transmitting stations in the early 1900s, including the experimental station used to send the first official radio message from Britain to Australia back in 1918. It was sent on behalf of Australian Prime Minister Billy Hughes, who was in Britain at the time and who had just visited the troops in France. That message was received by Ernest Fisk at his home in Warunga in the north of Sydney. This link allows the Hornspin Districts Amateur Radio Club to participate in International Marconi Day, in which stations around the world celebrate Marconi's birthday, which falls on the 25th of April. As this event is on the nearest Saturday, this year it will be the 21st, and being an international event, this is the UTC day. Therefore, VK2IMD will be operating next Saturday from 10am Sydney time through to 10am on Sunday on various HF bands and possibly 160 metres, mostly using SSB depending on the operators. It is also the 25th year for the global event, so the lead station, GB4IMD, has a license variation to use GB25IMD. For more information about the event, search for GB4IMD. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in Hobart. It can be heard on 146700 at 9am Sunday mornings. I'm Jeff, VK7, HAL. I honestly think you ought to sit down calmly, take a stress pill and think things over. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's worldwide special interest group news. 
And in this week's news, we'll have a look at special interest groups, also some broadcast, SWL and scanner news. And then to finish my segment, we'll rewind to the Titanic. HF Web SDR in Sweden. An online software-defined radio, or SDR, located in Sweden for the amateur radio bands 3, 5, 7 and 14 MHz, is now available. Located in Mora, Sweden, it's operated by SM4JLX and comprises of three soft 66 light receivers and bandpass filters. You'll need both Java and JavaScript enabled for web SDR to work properly. Listen to the three-band HF radio at the web address given in the text edition of today's news service. Radio Canada International announces the end of its shortwave broadcasting service. Spending cuts announced in Canada's latest federal budget have reached Radio Canada International. Speaking to employees at RCI's headquarters in Montreal, RCI Director Helen Parent declared that two out of three RCI employees, that's about 40 people, will lose their jobs by the end of July. RCI's Russian and Portuguese sections will close along with the English and French language newsrooms. All shortwave broadcasts will cease as well. RCI will continue to exist solely on the internet in five languages, English, French, Arabic, Spanish and Mandarin. Worldwide special interest groups ATV, Japanese Earth Moon Earth Project Big Dish. A 2007 Japan Broadcasting Corporation TV report about amateur radio moon bounce or EME operation has just been made available on YouTube. KDDI, one of the Japanese telecommunications services companies, had assigned to make experimental cooperation with the project Big Dish, composed of some 40 Japanese moon bouncers and the JARL. Google on YouTube 8N1EME-NHK-News. Get that on the link in the text edition as well. Worldwide special interest groups, Females in Radio, ALARA, the Australian Ladies AR Association. After 20 years, Dot, VK2DB, has written her last ALARA newsletter. Many thanks, Dot, for a fine job in keeping our listeners in the loop, ALARA Wise. Worldwide special interest groups, IOTA, AS109 cancelled. The RT9K slash PD expedition was cancelled because the temperature in Nadim was climbing to over zero degrees Celsius and the snow was melting. The next few weeks forecast also predicts high temperatures which will weaken the ice for the snowmobile and tricky for the boat to navigate. The team has returned home to find a different method of transportation. Worldwide special interest groups rescue radio. Weiss and Victoria are involved in five events during the next quarter. If you're available to participate in any of these events, please get in touch with the contact listed for the event. Friday, April the 20th, it's the Oxfam Trail Walk, Gels Park to Warburton. Contact Ian Morris, VK3IFM. And on Sunday, April the 22nd, Wombat 100 Bike Ride at Woodend. Contact John Weir, VK3XD. Sunday, April the 29th, it's a Coordinators and Commanders meeting at Box Hill. Contact Mark Dodds, VK3ZR. Saturday, May the 5th, East Gippsland Stages, Bensdale. Contact Colin Pomeroy, VK3BLE. And on Sunday, May the 6th, the Kendra Nav Rally at Rubicon. Contact Peter Weeks, VK3YZP.
Rewind, Hereford Times Titanic Messages. Richard Langford, G4FAD, has been helping to recreate the chilling messages sent from the Titanic just hours before it sent in the Atlantic with the loss of 1,517 lives. Richard, a member of the Hereford Amateur Radio Society, was one of three radio enthusiasts invited to Liverpool to record the exact Morse code SOS call sent from the doomed ship on April 14th, 1912. Read the Hereford Times newspaper story at the link provided in the text edition best read at www.wia.org.au. That's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Closer to home, another Titanic event is taking place, and that's taking place at the Maritime Museum in Brisbane. Here's Ray, VK4, Charlie Fox. This weekend, members of the Redcliffe Radio Club will be operating a special event station, Victor India 4, Mike Golf Yankee from the docks of the Queensland Maritime Museum South Bank in Brisbane from 1000 hours on Sunday until 1000 hours on Monday. Bevan VK4 Bravo Charlie Mike who is coordinating the Brisbane activity said that currently there are some 39 stations participating worldwide. Associated with the Titanic Day is a worldwide seat W contest to celebrate the two wireless operators who let the world know of the tragedy. One operator was rescued while the other lost his life whilst transmitting when the ship went down. The surviving operator, after his rescue, started to send out lists of survivors from the rescue ship until he reached the United States. All right, we'll all be looking out for that one. Well, until next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Thanks for listening and, yes, walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.